Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week we're discussing Loki Episode 4, The Nexus Event. So let's get into it with the recap. On Lamentus 1, Sylvie tells Loki she escaped from the TVA's detention as a child. In the present, Renslayer informs Mobius about Hunter C-20's death in uncertain circumstances. Loki and Sylvie form a romantic bond, creating a unique branched timeline. Mobius has them arrested, punishing Loki by leaving him in a time loop with Sith. After Mobius and Hunter B-15 realize they are variants through interrogating Loki and Sylvie, Mobius frees Loki from the loop, but is soon confronted by Renslayer and pruned. Loki and Sylvie are taken to the Timekeepers by Renslayer before Hunter B-15 intervenes. In the ensuing fight, Renslayer's Minutemen are pruned, while Renslayer is knocked unconscious by Sylvie, who destroys one of the Timekeepers, revealing that they are indeed androids. Renslayer gains consciousness and prunes Loki. Sylvie, in anger, demands to know the truth from Renslayer. In a mid credit scene, Loki awakens in an unknown realm and is surrounded by other Loki. So there we are. It's the, we're, we're past the midpoint. This is the first episode in the second part of this series, and everything's going to be insane now. That, that's pretty much what's that's it. I know that Hiddleston said that what uh, episodes five and six were going to be taken to a whole new direction. I think four and five. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, this was four. Yeah. So this one and the next one are the ones that really changed the No, no, no. This, the next one is what just totally changed. It's, it's the last two episodes that are just going to be taken to a whole different direction, I think. It, I think four starts it. But this felt like a finale to those old ideas. Like all this felt like we were wrapping these up and we're going to go to a whole new place like the mystery was solved we did or we had a little final battle against the timekeepers and then we had a twist but at the end of the day like it's still like this is the this is where everything changes this is the finale to that and now we get a whole new something else and i i think like i think they're teleporting i think those when they're pruning it just it it reminds me of a theory that i remember hearing out when i was a kid of an alternate reality where all the things go. You know, kind of think of the land of misfit toys. You know, whenever they want to get rid of something, they just, all these sticks just teleport them to this other dimension. So any Loki that might've been pruned in the past is going to be in this dimension, anyone. I mean, even we saw Mobius get pruned and I think he's going to probably be there too. I think everyone is going to be, this is just a chaos dimension. Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's like the dimensional equivalent of a junk drawer. Yeah, and it's like, you know, all the socks that you lost, all the pens that are like falling into oblivion by that, you know, five o'clock wormhole, that's where it goes, is this particular place. So, but but what I was not prepared for, and we all knew that Richard D. Grant was going to be involved in the show, and we, we all assumed very heavily that he was going to play a Loki variant, but like, I was not prepared for that Loki variant. <laughs> Yeah, the weird... The gesture. The gesture Loki. The classic mm-hmm. Loki. Very classic gesture Loki outfit with the, the larger-than-life horns that just go, like, for days. Like, oh, my God. Do you think that Wanda made his costume, too? <laughs> he and Vision would look very much like brothers next to each other from, from, from the Halloween episode of WandaVision. That's certainly to be sure. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I was also not expecting Crocodile Loki. Yes, Crocodile Loki was new for me, too. Boy Loki, I was expecting... And who is is that Black Thor? Because he's got a hammer. Like we went over this in Falcon Winter Soldier. It's just Thor. It's man. just Thor. Okay. <laughs> I don't know though. Mm-hmm. He's got his hammer's really weird too. Yeah, I mean it's definitely something a little different. It's 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 and his his 
his like shoulders covered with the fur. Looks good. I like the outfit. I just don't know what the heck this is, uh, which I guess is kind of the point. We what we really need to talk about though is Loki and Sylvie's ship broke the universe. Yep, pretty much. And it's canon. Yeah, the the Loki falling in love with Loki created a a, a whole new timeline nexus event variant that could alter the very foundation of the universe itself. That's what happens when narcissists fall in love with narcissists. You Breaks know, the timeline. Remember that in your, your psychological health class, folks. I mean, I need to remember that specifically. You, you specifically, because you already said, like, as soon as you see a female version of yourself, you're going to hump her until there's no tomorrow. So, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. I mean, consensually. I mean, would you give yourself consent? Yes. Well, then it's already been given. You still got to ask. Okay. But you got to ask yourself. Is uh, this right? I mean. No. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. And Marvel knows this. Even though, like, I feel like a showrunner uh, got on board and said there's going to be no romance between these two. But that that was that was romance. That was something. That was something special. He was about to, like, I felt like he was about to kiss her right there at the end. Like, there was, like, some potential makeout moment. And then he got clipped. So, I. Yeah, that was the moment that I think, like, the entire fandom of this show, like, screamed out. Because I was checking Twitter afterwards. Sylvie and Loki, shippers, so happy. Yeah, I bet. I bet. They've been waiting for this for the whole time, you freaking pervs. I'm actually... I'm not the whole, the whole time. The whole time being two episodes. I, I totally read their, their, their sex tape. It's fine. But it's... I just can't believe they went there. Like, they went full Game of Thrones, but, like, not even, like, siblings. Like, they're exactly the same. But is that... It's called self-cest. It's self-cest. It's not even twin-cest. It's self-cest. It's just weird. It's just masturbation. Yeah, I guess. Like, I feel like there's there's specific rules to that, but that's fine. Yeah, It's masturbation that could literally destroy the fabric of reality. And could you get yourself pregnant? Wouldn't it just be a clone? That would be an exact clone. Because if you're just taking the exact same DNA... I mean, they gotta have the, the same DNA, right? Except for like she's—he has the extra chromosome. So I don't know how it works. I don't know how that would work. And would, then, and then it goes back to like, was was Sylvie born like a normal Loki, and then mm-hmm. like used magic to change their sex? Like, I don't know. But, but then she was born to got so okay. So that's that's something that bothered me, and this is like always happens whenever you watch a show about or film about time travel at at, at any given point the show is going to break its own rules it's going to fuck up to the point where you you know it's fiction and it's not real because the universe can't work that way so the whole point of the tba is to clip variations in the timeline as soon as they happen so it doesn't get out of control so when they showed um the judge being all like i'm 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 arresting this four-year-old girl or however, how old would you say she is? Like 10. 10. Okay. This 10-year-old girl, after 10 years she was born, only then, like, you, you I feel like the TVA would have shown up like a, a minute after she was born because that itself would have changed the timeline significantly. Maybe not enough, but like, that's the point. This whole timeline, 10 years, this girl was allowed to exist before it became a problem. So one, what did she do to finally make it a problem? And two, does that mean there's a whole other bunch of realities that are like half finished that started and they were like, nah, nah, let's, we're going to prune this one too. The whole point is there was one timeline. And so any variation of that is going to go away, but they allowed that to happen for 10 years before clipping her wings. But I feel like, I feel like we know, we must know now that 
it's all bullshit. You no, know? it is all bullshit, but I still think there's only one. I mean, like, no, there's obviously more timelines out there if there's a chaos dimension going on. I just feel like, okay, if it is bullshit and that's going to be explained, then I'll let it go. But at the end of the day, they're showing that their jobs weren't specific. Because even then, if you're a TBA agent, you're like, well, why didn't I get this earlier? Because she still was born the goddess of mischief. She wasn't turned. She wasn't, it wasn't magic. She even said it. Sylvie said, I was born the goddess of mischief. And that it's up there. I wonder even if there's uh, the female Thor in that reality, where it's like he was the, born the goddess of thunder. So what? I'm just curious if they explain that away. Otherwise, it breaks the rules of time travel. I feel I feel like we're going back to Endgame, but it's either all bullshit or none, none of it is. is. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But that's what Endgame did the same thing too. Like with the whole Steve, because especially the way the writers and directors both had two very opposing viewpoints on what happened to Steve. I feel like they broke their own rules within that construct just to give us that ending, which is fine. I have no problem with that. It's fiction. These are stories here. As long as they tell us a good story. As long as they tell us a good story. And this is a good story. The other end game obviously was a good story. I mean, I guess it's all right if you like that kind of thing, but they did break their own rules. Are you telling me end game is bullshit? End game is bullshit. (laughs) Like die hard. Wait. So did you think for a moment when Loki got pruned at the end that, the show was just going to be a Sylvie show or they were going to get a different Loki. I thought we were going to get a different Loki. I thought we were going to get like, okay, well that Loki is gone showing that he could make progress and learn to love. And now of course he's gone because every Loki is a born loser. So now we have to go find another Loki. So now we're going to travel to another timeline and prune another Loki from the timeline. I, th- I thought that was where they're going to go. But instead I think we got this chaos dimension thing where all the Lokis go to have a good day. Yeah, because earlier in the episode when Mobius got pruned, like, I I almost teared up. Like, I, I had this pit in the bottom of my stomach the entire rest of the episode. And then finally we get to the end and Loki, you know, gets it. And I'm like, I don't... I don't even know what's going to happen. And then we get the we get that end credits tease, and I'm like, oh, okay, so they're not dead. Yeah, they're not dead. I think they're all teleported. I think anything that's pruned gets teleported. I, I don't... I mean, whoever is behind... And that's the big question, obviously, now. Who is behind this? Who is Who set it up this way and for what purpose? So you have an army of variants going around, pruning the timeline so things happen exactly a specific way. Uh, this, this could be a Kang. This could be Kang behind the whole thing, doing what he wants in order to get the timeline the way he wants it so he can control his specific time period. Because like, if you want things to go a certain way, you, you have to force the issue. And the only way to do that temporal-wise is through manipulating the timeline with an army of people keeping things right. And if there was really a multiverse war, then he's probably he's probably the one behind it. He, one, wants things to stay a certain way and make sure that the TVA existed as a result. This could be the way we bring that in, maybe. Or it's Mephisto and it's all bullshit. Do you think Kang is behind this? Because I don't think it's these animatronic-ass timekeepers. I, I think you should, just calling them a, animatronic ass it just that doesn't that, i just feel bad because we have we had vision in the show and he's technically the same but no but these these straight up feel like animatronics yeah. yeah they're like peter piper pizza animatronics they're Aww. like chuck e cheese animatronics and it was weird because i went out from the show when it when i first saw them not the first time but <clears throat> we actually got to see them in the full on and they started talking i'm like that is an odd stylistic cgi choice they felt a little off and weird but okay maybe it's just the budget or just the style they went to or Whatever. It, it was it was fine. And then they're robots. I'm like, that totally makes sense now. Totally makes sense. Kang is a good explanation. Either that or another Loki 
it was behind it the whole time. But I, I think the whole point is that the reality filled with other Lokis are, they're the, again, they're the born losers. I don't think Loki would be the one responsible for it all. Not even a variation of him. So I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Kang or something we just haven't seen yet. Did you think the timekeeper on the left looked like the Lorax? He did. He had the little mustache and everything. It was really weird. He speaks for the trees, the time trees. Do you think Ravana really knows what's going on? No, I don't. I don't think I don't think she knows when she prunes that she's sending anyone. I think she literally thinks everyone's dying. I think she's just the one who's responsible for trying to keep the cover up and keep the secrets. I think she's aware that the timekeepers might be bullshit. But no, she did go there and maybe See, I think she I think she might know that the timekeepers are bullshit because But she's still responsible for a force within that. She doesn't know beyond that. But I think she thinks that those uh those prune whatever those things are the pruning sticks. Pruning sticks. I think she thinks those definitely kill people because the way she looked after she pruned Mobius. Yeah, she knew she didn't want to do it, but like also she, I mean, we knew she was a bitch anyway from the beginning. I I knew you couldn't trust her. Mm-mm-mm. Do you really? Do you think that she really doesn't remember Sylvie's Nexus event? Mm-hmm. Or do you think she was just saying that? To I be think cruel? she's just saying that. She's just saying that to be to be to to not think about it. Whatever it is, I, I think she's trying to avoid her own fuck ups or something worse. There's stuff we don't know about that judge. Red Slayer. Just look at the name. R Slayer. Yeah. She's interesting. And obviously we know from the comics that she's involved with Kang. Yeah. So I and think I, I think it leans towards that end. It does feel like where it's going. But we've been wrong before. Of course. We've been wrong with the best information. And with all the comics and all of our knowledge on our side, like Mephisto worked so well. All the theories of WandaVision worked until it didn't work at all. So here Kang, it works, it fits perfectly, but they could go wherever they want to go. That's the whole point. Like, I, I'm pretty sure the next the vote for Loki thing is going to be him trying to get all the other Lokis to, like, vote for him and to make him leader or help him to get out. He's going to forge his own Mad Max Empire rule thing. So we will, we will see what happens next. Or that's another variant that already exists in this weird jump to reality. Could, true, true. But we have yet to see another Tom Hiddleston exact duplicate of that Loki variant in the show. They've made sure that if we see another Loki variant, he's going to be green, or he's an ogre, or, you know... Or he won the Tour de France. Or he won the Tour de France. That's as close as we got to to another Tom Hiddleston real actual Loki variant. So I don't, we they've been careful not to do that. But they, in this, I mean, we're about to go into the everything reality. Technically, there should be millions of Loki variants there. Yeah, apparently, since that throwaway line a couple episodes ago where they're just like, yeah, you know, Loki variants. We see a lot of these guys. They're, they're all over the place. Yeah, exactly. So were you happy to get Owen Wilson back this episode? Yes. I was very much happy that I was, I missed their banter so much. It was so great to see them to just prattle back and forth with their <laughs> almost childish sibling esque. You can tell like they, they really, I feel like it's not necessarily earned because it's only been like three episodes, but it's as if they had had like three seasons of, actual friendship and bonding before it all took place because they were just so adorable with their disappointed uh bantering between each other i mean time does pass differently in the tva that's true technically it could have been there for years it's true you grow up no you grow up Mm -mm, i'm gonna tell mom mom is ravana renslayer (laughs) uh i i was glad to have them back together but like when they were mad at each other like my heart kind of hurt a little bit yeah no i mean it was just something so endearing about mobius he's he's a sweet almost innocent, almost naive kind of individual. He is a sweet, 
like old fashioned dude who just wants a jet ski. Like I get it. I feel, I know where he's coming from. And it's like, when he's upset, like you feel it, he hurts your heart. So I, I, I feel that he was very much hurt. He's too earnest. He's very earnest. It's a good word. It's a good word. And you're just like, come on, man. Yeah. Watching his reaction to realizing that Loki wants to fuck himself. Amazing. <laughs> Highlight of the episode. Highlight. Yeah. That rant. I'm just like, of course, of course, that's the thing that breaks the reality. You two have your sick, twisted, weird reality bending love romance. Your demented oh, crush. Demented crush. We called him like a, a seismic narcissist. <laughs> The world's literally ending, you know. They're just too busy swooning into each other's eyes. It was nice actually getting to see your reaction to it because we're, sidebar, we are recording together for the first time in the entire history of any of our podcasts. Yes, they were actually in the same room doing this with one mic instead of across state lines. Yeah, so if we sound a little bit weird, that's why. Um, nice disclaimer. Just to crowbar that in. Just stick it in there. Um, that's what you'd say to yourself, huh? That is what I'd say to myself. <laughs> I got a lot of really good reactions out of that preview clip from last week. Everyone was just responding to me on, on uh, Instagram. They were like, yeah, Jason, you totally would. Yeah, everyone knows that you would fuck yourself, Jason. Everyone knows that I would fuck myself. So when people say, you know, just go fuck yourself, Jason, I will. I, I would. I, I will. I would. Give me a variant. My girlfriend was not surprised. She was a little annoyed. Was she annoyed? I feel like she would take advantage of that. No. Not to get too personal on this. Maybe that's too personal. Yeah, it's too personal. I want to believe. <laughs> Did you think that when Sylvie was talking about how she stole a time machine and ran away, like it was just quintessentially Doctor Who? I feel like, we, you know, we've always thought about like an American Doctor Who and it's always been like, no, don't you fucking dare. Don't you fucking dare. We did. We got it. It's called Loki. This this show, especially once Sylvie got involved, became Doctor Who. And she did. She stole TARDIS and ran off. She is Doctor Who. And they're still British, so mm -hmm. it does fit really well. Yeah, as Guardian Doctor Who. Bring it on. How did you feel about the Sith cameo? I loved it. I loved it. I loved the fact that back in the day, the, the ancient Norse gods already had that story told. So this is technically a reference to, uh, to old ancient religious history. Yeah. Loki in North mythology actually cut Sif's hair. Yeah. So that was a really good, subtle. Nice twist. Yeah, I like that. And I'm just always happy to get Sif back for anything. <clears throat> Whether it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Loki, like, just give her whatever she wants. I, I missed her in Ragnarok. Well, I think we're getting her back in Love and Thunder, right? Yeah, we are getting her back in Love and Thunder, so. And we haven't seen her since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? No, we have not seen her since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know why she was not in uh, Ragnarok. Maybe because they were like, okay, we don't want to kill you. Because well, everyone died. Didn't she have a TV show? Did, oh, she did. She had that one where she's covered in tattoos. Yeah, I think, I think she was... They she wanted, was busy. Yeah, I think they wanted her in Ragnarok, but I think it's good that she wasn't in it because that's she that's survived really Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a result, she survived. Yeah. So we're getting her back. Yay! Go Sif. So yeah, big fan of Sif. Always have been. Um, glad that any any chance to see her perform and play, and she got to kick the crap out of Tom Hiddleston for like sixteen times. So I'm sure that was fun. How did you like the shout out to Kree, Titans, and Vampires? Yeah, the Vampires got me excited because I'm like, yeah, baby, we're getting everyone prepared for Blade. Yeah, I'm excited. Also, Titans, like, have they apprehended Thanos a couple of times? Yeah, maybe or? there's some, like, that, you know, we're not going to get it, of course. That would be cool to see in this weird everything chaos reality, like a couple of Thanos is, like, playing, you know, juggling with uh, the Infinity Stones that don't work anymore. Just sad and crying in the corner. It was inevitable. 
How did you feel about uh, B-15's arc in this episode? Um, again, it's something that I, I, I think I would love to have had more time with. Um, I, this episode, not that it felt rushed, but like once I realized that we're kind of ending the old ideas, like it was like, boom, 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 finale. You know, this did have that feel before we moved on to something bigger. And I think her story, but I could say the same thing with, with Renslayer and everything else. Some of those and, and Mobius doing the investigation on like whether the TBA was real or not, all that. Questioning I the nature of his reality. Yeah. I wanted all of, all of that, but like you could have spent an entire episode. They could have teased it with all more. this a little bit more, but I know they were just like, all right, we have, you, we're still doing six episodes, but you still have a finite amount of time to do this. So we're just rushing to the next, to the next phase of the story. I like her story. I would have liked to have seen what her reality was, even though I guess for drama's sake, they're like, we could just do a close up on her. But I would have liked to have seen that reality, where she was, what her timeline was. Um, I, I think the character deserved a little bit more, especially since she's only been just a hard ass. And as soon as you saw her face with that, with her seeing where she was, it, she seemed happy and soft. I thought that was a really interesting thing to do. Again, I, I would love to see more from that character and what happens. And we don't know what happened to her. Did, did, we didn't see her die. We didn't see her get pruned. We saw her just go to the ground and that was it. Yeah, that's a good lead into the the last bit of the action was staged really weird, right? Yeah, it, I think it wasn't just the the staging of it. I think it was the editing of it more than anything else because you could have you could have showcased that a little bit more. I just don't know what happened to some of these guys. There was even points when Renslayer got her ass beat by Sylvia. I just didn't know what happened to her, and then she was out of the out of commission for like a moment until she supposedly killed Loki. So I, it, it was very. A little confusing even though the, the fight itself was amazing um i just felt like it was a little bit confusing in the way that it was edited why would those guards not have pruned b15 i don't know i and maybe they did it off camera and they just didn't show it. like let's just you know let's save a few grand and not do that one effect this one more time no you see your body on the ground so you i do think see her body still on the ground so she's just knocked out she's just knocked out yeah it made sense for sylvie to not prune Renslayer if she's trying to get information out of her. But again, if you have a traitor in the TVA, you obviously you already you already pruned Mobius. Why wouldn't you prune this individual? But again, it is in the heat of combat. Maybe they knocked her down and then just they had to deal with Sylvie at the end of the day. So also maybe grab all those prune sticks. Yeah. I want all those are powerful pieces of tech. I definitely grab that. You don't want random people to have that. Like Sylvie who went to go use it on everybody else. Do you think Loki was gonna say that he loves her? I was I was gonna be a kiss. That okay. was gonna be a makeout session. Like I think that we were gonna get love and make out with tongue. I'm weirdly into it. Yes, you are, Jason. <laughs> is there is there anything specific that you wanted to talk about? Because we've actually kind of boom boom boomed through my notes. Yeah, I mean, I, there's really I mean, I love the visuals on on Lamentis. That whole Armageddon esque sequence of the world dying was just so fucking beautiful. Officially not Black Widow. Officially not Black Widow. I think one of the good things about this series is I have absolutely no idea where it's going. No, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this would end. We only have two episodes to do it in, and I, I, I have no fucking clue. I, I assume the next episode is also going to be like one of these like post-credit sequence twists of fate or cliffhangers that drive us crazy. So I, I don't know what the next setup is. I know we're going to get that voting election Loki happening probably in the next one. And then after that, who fucking knows? Is it going to set up any of the new movies? Is it going to set up Multiverse of Madness? Are we going to go to, you know, hang out with Wanda? Are we going to, you know, go and chill with Falcon Winter Soldier? What is happening? What is what is going to happen next? 
I don't know. I can't predict this one. The other ones, I remember we had lots of conversations about where this is going to go. We had a, a little bit of a pre-idea about where it could go. But yeah. here... Yeah, with WandaVision, you know, we kind of knew, well, she's going to become the Scarlet Witch. Yes. And with Falcon Winter Soldier, we were like, okay, well, he's going to become Captain America. This, I don't have any preconceived notion of like where Loki is going to end up in two episodes. No, no idea. No clue. And we went into it like that. I never, I never really knew exactly what the show was going to be about. And because we have a second season, they could still tease out wherever these final endpoints are until way later. Like we don't know. Um, I, the only other thing I could say is that as we enter this chaos reality, you know, which reminds me very much of the, of the battle world Marvel event, you know, where all the multiverse realities combined into one, and they all like played out. But if you're going to do something like that, then I feel like you need to have all the variations of all the Marvel heroes make cameos, which would be really fucking cool, but I can't imagine them affording that. It's like getting all the people from Endgame to shine on for like other variations of themselves for like five seconds. I still think that would cost more than the entire budget of the series. But that, if they're going for that, then that is what would be... I think next either that or one of the Lokis will make a comment of we've killed all the Avengers. And I thought that was cool too. Like at the end, when, when Loki wakes up, one of the things that he, that you hear in the background is that almost lead up of the Avengers theme. And it's not, it's just a, an army of Lokis. And you actually see uh, Avengers tower in the background. Finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I literally have no idea what to expect. And it, that's kind of the coolest thing about this show. Yeah, it's like we can speculate all we want, but we're making shit up as we go because there's just too many variations, if you mind me saying, um, all the places it can go. I'm just very excited. I love it. I can't wait to the next episode. How do you feel about the new trailer for Shang-Chi? Needed more Aquafina. That's it? That. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a big simp for Aquafina. I love her so much. So yeah, that that's the, my, 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 that's the top note I have. Needs more Aquafina. That being said, holy shit, I'm so excited for that movie. I want the, that fighting. The only film I could think of of American cinema that even comes close to making me feel the way I feel about the fighting sequences is The Matrix, is how I felt about watching The Matrix and all what we can possibly see for the for the choreography. This is going to be such a beautiful movie to watch. Pretty sure that's uh, Abomination in there. We got possibly Fing Fang Foom. Oh, The Dragon. The Dragon, right? We've got Wong. Wong, he's in it. I mean, like this, it's just, I'm so excited for this film. Also, let's just talk about the fact that there's a cage match between the Abomination from Incredible Hulk and Wong. Yeah, and I love the fact that we're getting, like, those, that character back into canon again. Because I feel like he's been the bastard stepchild of villains. Because that movie is just kind of like, oh, it's kind of real, but it's kind of not. Because it's Ed Norton and we got Ross from it, all right? I just, the only thing I wish we got more of is I, I want Liv Tyler back as Betty in some capacity. I know that Tim Roth is coming back to be the abomination in She-Hulk. So maybe we'll maybe we'll kind of get some of the Hulk side characters in that show eventually. Yeah, I mean, whatever do, until, you know, Universal just shells out like, all right, here, here's the fucking movie rights back. We're, we're all going to have to just take the, the, the seeds of all the Hulk characters and put them in small little spots everywhere else. I don't know why they haven't just given the rights back at this point because they're not fucking doing anything with them. No, they, I don't think they. I don't think they can do anything with them. It's just like they're just being brats about it. Like, nope, we're holding on to this because it makes me feel better at night when I hold my cold, broken life by myself, and I know I have these rights to keep them from the mouse because they can't get everybody. They can't get everyone. 
people at Universal are just like clutching their uh, Lou Ferrigno Hulk action figures and crying themselves to sleep. We're gonna we're gonna get this back one day, guys. We're gonna they're gonna watch us again. All right, now that we're done with Marvel, let's uh, shimmy on over to our Star Wars corner and talk about uh, Bad Batch episode nine, Bounty Lost. Did Did you like the episode, Jason? I did. Did you like the episode, Joseph? I did. I did. This one was a good one. This one was a keeper. Great action between Cad Bane and... Fennec Shan. Fennec Shan. <laughs> A.K.A. Melinda May. Um, A.K.A. Mulan, by the way. But I, I, the, the action sequences were great. Um, a lot of weird like throwbacks. So again, Mandalorian still with the, with the cryogenic tubes and we're learning about cloning. So she is Boba Fett's sister. Essentially. And also Boba Fett's original code name was alpha yeah so alpha, alpha and, and, omega and omega fed so the two are going to eventually fall in love and they will create a nexus event in which the tva will come back and and prune that reality so star wars is now canon in the marvel universe boom because all those clones that are like in love with each other are going to create a massive temporal event causing the entire space to have continued to rupture then the millennium falcon is going to come and hang out with thanos and I think Darth Vader and uh, Loki will probably walk off into the merry sunset with a threesome with Sylvie. That's my theory. Is Patton Oswald going to jump out of your closet? Any second now. Can you, you imagine all the Patton Oswalds in that chaos, everything reality, by the way? Like, the, the only individual that probably has more variants than Loki is Patton Oswald. And, like, half of them are Koenigs. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was an interesting episode of The Bad Batch. Uh, I liked the, was it Nala Say? Like, I guess, ganked. The other one? The other one. Yeah, I don't remember the other one. Nalase is the bitch, right? No, Nalase? No, 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 no. We like Nalase. Um, the Kaminoans have dumb names, by yep, the way. Tonway? Tonwee. Tonwee. Sure, okay, whatever. Seanwee? Tally Ho? Tonwee. No, it is Tonwee. Tonwee. 2002 to 2021. Rest in peace. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. I know I liked her. But it's it, it's interesting, like, the, the Kaminoan, like, politics because clearly like the prime minister is just like get what you need and fucking destroy this but nalase is actually like no no it's like she obviously cares about omega in in an actual capacity and wants to do right by her so the prime minister is not going to be happy so that's that's the whole thing so prime minister hired fennec shan to go get omega so all the other bounty hunters would not get omega because the prime minister got it then they would just take the material and then destroy the clone which is to say that is I think that's weird that they have to kill her in order to get what they want because, I mean, Django Fett was still alive after they took his material unless they made a clone of him just to kill it. No, I think I think they just want to extract it and then just as a security risk, just get rid of it. Yeah, because I think if she falls into like the Empire's hands, then then like I think they lose their leverage. Maybe okay. okay well, then let's talk about this conversation. This is the one thing that bothers me. I mean, there's a lot of few things, but whatever. Um, there's nothing special about Omega. She's not a Jedi. She's not Force sensitive. She doesn't talk to animals. She's, she's not, not Palpatine. A, she's not Palpatine. She and she's not um, Taskmaster. So what is she? She's just a pure clone of Django. I guess that's female. No powers. No anything. Why is she that important? Other than just getting a refresher of your DNA shit like what are they going to use that dna for to make it special to to try to impress the empire to get the contracts back because that's the only thing they care about they they're essentially like Michael keaton from homecoming we just I, want this new contract so why are you fucking with us 
I mean, I remember in the Clone Wars, it came up a little bit. And I think in the show, like at the beginning of the show, that like their samples from Jango Fett are basically like have completely degraded at this point. Yeah, they're all, they're all thin. And, but okay, so your goal is to make new clones that are fresh batches again. I just feel like that's still going back. There needs to be something special about what makes the fresh batch. The fresh batch. Yes. I can't wait for that spinoff. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was dirty. It's not as catchy as the bad batch or the sad batch or but, the rad batch. But that's what they want. They want the fresh batch. The fresh batch of Camino. Yeah, I still don't really I don't really get what they're doing with these with the clones. Like I don't I don't understand like what the Kaminoans want to accomplish. Like it's clear that the Empire wants to move on from the cloning thing. So when we thought she was like a Jedi and that's what we were working with, I I figured like, okay, well that's what makes her special. So they want that DNA source like Brogu. And they'll take the thing so they can make a whole bunch of force sensitive clones. I, that made sense to me. But if it's just a Boba variant, then I'm, I'm, I, I don't think that's special anymore. So get the TVA and call it a fucking day. I don't know. All right. So make sure to like subscribe and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled infinite a cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week. Are you guys done recording? Uh, about to. You kind of interrupted us. Yeah, now, now you're on our podcast. Uh, Say hello to the folks uh, at home. Oh, uh, hello. <laughs> what did you think of Loki, Jasmine? Loki? I haven't seen Loki. Your cat?